Well, this holiday season, we wonder what happened at home. The Houston Astros probably will be doing some shopping on Black Friday to find offense they can use at Minute Maid Park. Let's talk about the mystery of the home woes on this edition of Locked on Astros. Our Locked On Houston Astros, and we hope that you join us for a daily Locked On Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Talkstros. You can find the show at Locked On Astros, your team every day. Brett, where can we find you at? <laughs> they can find me at HTM Wheelhouse on X, Instagram, and TikTok. They can find me at Stros411 on X, Instagram, and Facebook. Always positive, positive. I know I'm so full from Thanksgiving dinner. Always Stros. Uh, with that being said, we hope that you had a great Thanksgiving and we hope that you had a great time spending it with your family, with your loved ones. And uh, it's it's only so many times per year you get to uh, have those moments with your entire family. The Astros could have had that moment going into November this year, but unfortunately they didn't make it to the World Series to have that family moment going into the World Series. But next year could be something a little bit different if they learn how to win at home. That's something that we're going to discuss on this shortened edition of the Locked on Astros podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on to get started today. And guys, thank you for making Locked on Astros podcast your first listen every day. We are very thankful for you our listeners for becoming everydayers and making us your first listen on Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, check out the Locked on Astros podcast. So one of the things that we got frustrated with a lot this year, and I know it became a topic of discussion is, was home field advantage good for the Astros in the playoffs? It turned out to be bad in the ALCS for the first time ever. And the Astros won all the road games and the Rangers won all the road games. And this has only happened once in a playoff series. And it was the 2019 World Series. And so it just seems like for some times, for some reason, the Astros just forget how to win at home. And so I know Dana Brown kind of addressed this earlier in offseason We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk a little bit about what some of the stats say. But, Brett, they've got to get better at home or else 2024, this could be a disaster. Yeah, home record 39-42. and 42. Um, Runs scored 361 to runs um, against 381. That's not a recipe for success. Matched with a 636 30 win percentage on the road, 51 and 30, I think second best in major leagues. And they scored a hundred runs more on the road than they did at home. And they gave up almost a hundred runs less on the road. So it was just one of those really odd things. I do know there were a couple of tweets going around about it, talking about how the Astros gave up more runs in the first inning at home than they did on the road. 
And when they played from behind, they just could not. They were, I guess, front runners for lack of, you know, I hate to use that term with professional athletes, but sometimes you just do better when you are in front. And when teams are coming into the ballpark, scoring two, three, four runs in the first inning off of your ace pitchers, and that was happening a lot at home. And if they were close games, they didn't have a good record in one-run games either. So Sell I think out. that was they actually struggling yeah. too. Oh, no. It was, yeah. I mean, look, I don't care if they sold a million hot dogs or there were two people in the stands. They just could not hit. You know, we had this theory. Well, maybe it's the batter's eye. Well, the other teams didn't get that memo. Uh, they crushed the ball when they came to Minute Maid Park. So that was more of an excuse and people looking for, oh, what can we point our finger at? I think it got inside their head. I think it was mental. At I think you get to a certain point of the season and it's it's just it's just mental. I mean, it's Brad Lidge and his home run to Pujols. Brad Lidge right. had to leave town to have a change of scenery. You know, he went on to Philadelphia, won a World Series, but like you can't escape Minute Maid Park. If you're an Astro, you got to figure it out for next year. And that's exactly what Dana Brown said earlier at the general meetings. He said, I think it's a fluke, it's an aberration. I think if you look at the club, the success that they've had in Houston has been really good. I don't get wrapped up into it and make this a big psychological thing. I think this team has been really good. I think it's a fluke. I think the guys started talking about it, and then they started pressing more. And so basically, I think that's what happened. They really started pressing. Oh, wait, it's the batter's eye. We we have trouble uh, because of the red on the right side of the batter's eye, and it, it's getting our way, and uh, they're, they're trying to find excuses, and it got in their heads. And so I, I think it really became a, oh, wait, we can't win at home. And uh, once the whole team starts thinking that, it, it's yeah. kind of hard to, to beat that. You have to really go on a long home winning streak and they just couldn't put that together to kind of do that. And so uh, we'll see what happens. And uh, Chaz McCormick said, we didn't play well enough at home and that's what finished our season. We didn't win enough at home. And so basically the t- the players understood it. They recognized it. And I'll give you some of the stats in a second, but the stats from 2022 to 2023 at home are alarming. Oh, wow. Well, Go ahead and give them to me. I want to hear them. I don't want right. to wait because I want to know. <laughs> all, right. all right. So let's go ahead and look at this. Let me get it all set up. Uh, had it set up. But um, if you're looking at what the Astros did hitting wise, they in 2022, they had an OPS of 779, which is good at home. Their OPS in 2022 at on the road was only 711. Now let's fast forward to 2023 with their OPS dropped all the way down to 736. So that's about a 43% uh, percent drop. So that's a big drastic drop there. And they went from hitting, what, 116 home runs in 2022 to only 92 home runs at home. They went from scoring 368 runs to 365. So if you look at that, the runs wasn't really the big issue. But the batting average took a, a 10 point dive at 257 in 2022 to uh, 249 in uh, 2023. So everything just kind of started accumulating and the strikeouts uh, accumulated. In 2022, there's 551 versus 584 in 2023. So everything just kind of started happening. There was more double plays, uh, just everything started happening 
more do you at know, home. Do you know who hit better at home than on the road? Uh, Chaz McCormick or? Yanner no, Diaz. Yanner Diaz, okay. Yanner Diaz hit 40 or 50 points higher at home than he did on the road. He also he hit, hit a lot higher. better playing uh, position well, too. He hit higher because he 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 caught several right. home games, but he hit better. It would have been great to see Yanner Diaz behind the plate more. I'm not saying he would have changed the whole trajectory of the season as far as the home woes go, but that is a case in point of not playing optimal lineups when you really should be playing optimal lineups. I wonder if a few of those games would have been swung in the Astros' favor had. Yanner had those at bats. I don't know. I just, um, I'm so glad that he's going to be the catcher of this next year. I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah. So looking at the pitching side of things, the Astros were 55 and 26 at home in 2022. They had a 2.75 ERA, uh, which was dynamic. They had 834 strikeouts that season. But if you fast forward to 2023, they're 39.42 at home. They had a 4.25 ERA. And uh, they only had 770 strikeouts. They allowed 68 home runs in 2022. They allowed a whopping 102 home runs in 2023. So they also walked. Yeah, they also walked a lot more batters. I mean, they were walking batters at an alarming clip. 217 to 261. Yes, and like you mentioned, the strikeouts they weren't. You know. You know, it, it's funny. Dana's like, I don't know what happened. But then he says, but they were pressing. I think he knows what happened. It was a mental thing. It got inside their head. They were pressing. And I, I remember the classic conversation I had with Josh Rojas about becoming a better hitter. And in double A was when Josh Reddick came down and said, hey, quit trying to pull the ball. Quit trying to hit the ball right. out of the park. Just hit all sides of the field. Just do what and you stay, do. Stay within yourself. Right. Stay within your abilities. That's why Jordan Alvarez, you see him at home in a way. He's the same hitter because, like he said last year, I take every at-bat personal. I go in and take every pitch as a personal battle between me and the pitcher. I don't change my approach whether I'm at home or on the road, period, end of story. If you can get players on this team to lock in psychologically like Jordan Alvarez, there's no stopping this team. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that the Astros will have to work on that this offseason, whether it's they're going to have a uh, get-together um, maybe like uh, Michael Scott style and they, they, they get everybody in the office and they, they uh, you have Michael Scott up there making jokes about them not being able to win at home uh, and probably some of them not appropriate. But I think that yeah. it's going to be a different manager, different tone. I think Joe Spada will change things up. And I think with um, – we don't know what the Astros do for agency-wise, trade-wise, but I think some fresh blood also – We'll do some wonders, but um, guys stick around. Uh, Brett's going to have a great conversation with Sully uh, coming up soon. And uh, once again, I hope that you had a great Thanksgiving and hopefully the Astros can fix their home uh, woes this next season. Promised. That's H Town Wheelhouse Brett Chancy himself of Locked On Astros. How are you doing, buddy? Man, I'm doing good. You know, it's been a slow off season, but we're excited because each day means we're closer to another season of Major League Baseball. 
Well, right now we're in the middle of another season of the NFNL, and this is the time to go to FanDuel, which is America's number one sports book. You know, right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. I bet you didn't know that. You know, that's 150 tomatoes if your team wins. And if you're thinking about joining FanDuel, and I know you are, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, even I could use it. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season as we're here in late November kicking it off. FanDuel, it's an official partner of who? The NFL. A seamless live read between my buddy Brett, H-Town Wheelhouse himself, and your pal Sully. How you doing, buddy? Man, I'm doing good. You know, I just went to the Texans game yesterday. Speaking of football, we've got C.J. Mm-hmm. Stroud at the helm. And football is promising once again in Houston. Basketball is promising. So the offseason, despite the World Series loss, is not as grim and depressing as we anticipated it to be. The World Series loss? Are you now yeah. doing locked on well, Diamondbacks? Well, well, you, okay. well, I thought well, I had met Miller Thomas. You look a lot like Brett Chance. Uh, Sorry, okay. I couldn't let it Sorry. pass. I couldn't let it <laughs> well, pass. Not making it to the World Series. Thank How's you. That? Because Thank of the you. World, Series, yes, was... uh, World Series winning Rangers. <laughs> yes, yes. But, yeah, I mean, wow. The, the, the league championship series in both leagues, you get whiplash. I mean, the first two games, it looked like the Phillies were going to sweep Diamondbacks and you know the minute Altuve hit that home run in game five I just shook my head going well you know what you, you can't keep the Astros down for long you know I give the Astros a lot of credit for the season that they had I mean every team has injuries of course right. I mean God sakes the freaking Rangers lost Jacob DeGrom and essentially lost Max Scherzer I mean he was the there was an there was a human being who's body was technically belonged to Max Scherzer pitching, but that was not a superstar no. ace on no. the mound. Uh, and they managed to, uh, I think they did okay. But, um, you know, we saw the Rangers have, you know, an up and down year and we kind of saw the Astros being slow and steady wins the race in terms of the division. Um, and I guess it's appropriate that two teams that finished with identical records would have a knockdown, drag out fight for the league championship series. That just, um, I still can't believe. I mean, look, I'm not trying to rub salt in your wounds here. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a classic Astros hater because I rooted for them in 2021 and 2022. Right. Um, but uh, I, I really can't believe they lost both of the games. I really, no, I can't. You know, Sully, I was there in game five, I drove up to Arlington. Um, mm-hmm. Famously met uh, Jose Abreu at Bucky's after the game. That was pretty awesome. And then I was at game seven and I was sitting one section away from Jose Altuve's family. I was sitting right behind Jose Cruz, my childhood hero. Oh, wow. And next to Alex Centrone's family. And so I had all this Astros family near me watching the game. And it was more painful because I was watching them go through this, you know, as family members. And, you know, these baseball players are real people. But mm-hmm. to see the Rangers turn it into like their ballpark, like it yeah. was a Rangers home game because Minute Maid is so intimate. It it was definitely completely opposite. It was the exact antithesis of game six of the 2022 World Series I experienced with my son. 
Right. So, um, yeah, but hey, but, tip your cap to the Rangers. Yeah, you got to. And by the way, this is a, a it's funny. You you mentioned Jose Cruz. The image I have of Jose Cruz is him crying in the dugout when the Phillies won the 1980 National Championship Series. By the way, if you're a fan of baseball history, go to YouTube and watch the 1980 National Championship Series. I will say that is the greatest postseason series of oh, all yeah. time. I think the greatest World Series I've ever seen was the 91. These are these are the ones that I've seen. Like I, I wasn't there for the 1925 World Series. I didn't see the Pirates beat the Senators. But uh, I, I, the I remember the 80 NLCS. I rewatched the entire series a few years ago, and it's the best postseason series I've ever seen in my life. the The Braves Twins World Series, the best World Series, but. You won't believe how dramatic. I mean, it was a bounce here or a bounce there, and the Astros win that game in four, win that series in four. So, yeah. I mean, but I'll tell you something, though. What you are experiencing right now, because that was a gut punch, dropping the final two games at home, having it basically turn into Arlington in, you know, Arlington South. Yeah. Um, I, had to, I, had to, I had to picture the Texas geography for a second. Um, <laughs> but – what you're experiencing right now is the effects of winning those two World Series because th- imagine how painful that would have been if, if it was compounded with 80, 86, the Jim Edmonds home run, you know, the 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 Tony Eusebio grounder being stabbed by Walt Weiss. Right. Um, you know, there's no you – know, the, the, you know, Brad Lidge – not so much lining up the homework to Pujols, but lining up the homework to Podsednik. You know, all the right. things that built up. And yeah, yeah, I'm doing the laundry list to them, but all that gets wiped out once you win. So Exactly. No, yeah, it does. And we have experienced a lot of winning seven straight ALCS. You mm-hmm. can't argue with that. But, you know, I really think the Astros keep the train rolling because I like who they inserted in the manager spot because, you know, with the with – the, Exiting of Dusty Baker, you wondered if Jim Crane was going to go off the range and try to hire some big name, which I didn't think was out there. And I, I think they got it right. Oh, they did completely got it right. I mean, they could have gone like if they could have gone for this, like, oh, we'll bring in Buck Showalter. We'll bring in some big, huge name. The the, the obvious choice of Joe Espada and to, to keep the the consistency of what's happening. He's been there forever. Yeah. And. He's been coveted as a manager. Look, at, I, I, I want to take away any rumors. I am not involved in any front office discussion with the Houston Astros. And um, so I want to stop that rumor right now. But Joe Espada has been up for a ton of managerial jobs. And I have a feeling Houston ownership took him aside and said, look, it, Dusty is clearly not here for the long term. He was essentially there to put a cap on the, the, the controversy yes. in 2020 yes. that, you know, they had to get someone in there that everybody, you know, to deflect and to sort of be like, Hey, it's a new, it's a new day. It turned out to be astonishingly successful and, and cemented his hall of fame bid, but everybody knew he wasn't going to be their manager for five, six, seven years. Right. And so he, you know, he, he wins back to back penance, wins another title, nearly makes it three straight trips to the world series. And nearly, nearly, nearly was four trips to the World Series because two thousand, yeah. the COVID year was Game Seven. But you know, they probably said to him, "Look, it, Dusty's not here forever. Just 
when he goes. This is like without even saying it. Just we will we'll take care of you. We'll you know, to me, to me, the connection he has with the players. He's been here since eighteen. He came over. He was with the Yankees. I think fifteen to seventeen. Yeah, came over yeah. here in eighteen. And really, he he not only has a pulse of the clubhouse and the culture that 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 Jim Crane has helped build with mm-hmm. the players and personnel, but he has a connection with the Latino players. I mean, we have one of the most we have one of the deepest, I guess, systems that has the biggest connection with the Dominican Republic, Venezuela, Puerto Rico, you know, mm-hmm. to mention all those Latin American countries, even Mexico with Jose Arquiti. Mm-hmm. And so to have a guy that not only understands the culture, but has a respect to the players, because if you ever watch any of their their pregame footage that maybe some of the press guys put out, a spot is always out there right. position coaching. He's always out there coaching Jeremy Pena. And he is a guy that you know has the respect of the clubhouse. And if anybody's ever earned something, it's definitely Joe Espada. And when he came in to that press conference wearing his suit with his orange tie and his 2022 um, World Series ring, I mean, he looked like he was ready to go. He was there with his family. He talked, he credited his father and mother. He credited his family just for supporting him. And it's just a good baseball story. It's a, yeah. it's a guy that I think really keeps you in the forefront of the conversation of being one of the contenders next year, um, despite the many conversations that are going on on what the Astros are going to do and who they're going to sign and are they going to go over the cap? Are they not? I mean, so Espada is the man. We've been calling for him for a while, and he gave Dusty Baker credit. He said, yeah. I sat under Dusty Baker, and I learned a lot from him, and I, and, I, and I give him a lot of credit for teaching me things. So that was a really good nod to Dusty Baker. Yeah, and I think that I, I don't think the Astros are going to miss a beat. Now, obviously, we don't know. Whenever you have a veteran team, eventually things, you know, things come to a halt. But yeah. they do have some. They do have some younger pieces. They need to get a better year out of Pena. They need to have yeah. him be more of twenty twenty two Pena than twenty twenty three Pena. But talk a little bit about the Philadelphia resigning Nola. How does that affect Valdez? Valdez is the most important pin that the Astros have because he has taken over the role of the ace of the team and he is a, he is a true ace and a vital cog for this Astros team. If they want to get back to the league championship series for, as they have every single year, this decade, Um, he needs to be Valdez, the great. Tell me a little bit about Cause you, you and uh, Eric talked about it on your show, what the, the Nola signing, what the domino effect that may have on Valdez. Yeah, because of Nola's tenure, Nola's age, there's a lot of similarities. But you also have some of the similar performance issues in the playoffs where Nola is a great pitcher. He's had he's had good performances in the playoffs. He's had bad performances. And, you know, Framer Valdez, the question was this last year, did the fact that Carlos Correa had been gone for more than a year, did the pitch clock come into effect? I think – Valdez has the talent. Valdez is one of the best guys that can spin the ball, put the ball in the box, and people swing and miss. He's got swing and miss stuff. But it can't – have we seen what Valdez is? Has he reached his ceiling? And my fear is if he's reached his ceiling and mentally, if they change the pitch clock again, if they keep like making it tighter and tighter window – is that going to make Valdez less effective? And if that does, maybe you offer him a contract, but I would not offer him seven years. I would offer him at most five years, 
maybe same AAV, maybe a little less, but there is a risk there. So yeah. the question for the Astros is this. Does Valdez, with his two years left of arbitration, hold more value in seeking trade pieces for major league ready people and maybe prospects? Or does he had more value being your ace because Verlander's going to retire? It's just what more are we going to get out of Valdez? That is my question. I love Fernando Valdez. I love the psychological turnaround he had a season or two ago. But at the same time, I just wonder have we maxed out what he's going to get to? And we look, if he has a bounce back year, then I'm wrong. We sign him. That's great. But there is a risk in signing him. I think there's maybe less of a risk looking to see what you could get for him. If he has high value. I have two pictures that immediately come to mind. I remember, and I wrote it on my blog back when it happened in 2018, the second um, Chris sale struck out Manny Machado. I said, Mm -hmm. thank you, Chris sale put him on the trade block right now. You'll mm-hmm. never get more for him. You, we, yeah. we all knew, we all knew he was going to break down. Everyone knew Chris Sale was going to break down eventually. And so at that moment, his, his value was through the roof. And I also remember like how fast the pitcher can fall. I mean, Tim Lincecum was on the hall of fame track. Oh yeah. I mean, he was, I mean, he had won two Cy Young awards. He made an argument for a third and he pitched the giants almost single-handedly to the world series title in 2010. Yeah. And then by 2013, he was a spot starter, middle reliever. And by, and by 2014, he pitched one more game in the postseason than I did. And, you know, like if you hang on to players based upon sentiment. Right. Then, you know, the Red Sox have gotten a lot of flack over the years of not being sentimental. But they've, well, you know, until recently, a lot of times they were pretty good at recognizing when a uh, Pedro Martinez was done, when a Josh Beckett was done, you know, when an Adrian Gonzalez was, a, was done and it may, may, may have been harsh, but they always moved on. I don't know. It, it would be, be tough. You'd have, you'd have to get back. You'd have well, look, to get back a, an unbelievable pile of prospects. So here's the deal. In like 30 seconds, I can tell you what complicates this issue even more. We know how Jose Altuve resigning is like an unforeseen conclusion. The next question is Bregman and Tucker, what extensions? There's no way you can sign Altuve, Bregman, Tucker, and Valdez. If the Astros want to keep losing players and not pay them, you might as well send them to someone else for a big package instead of getting nothing for them. That's what I'm afraid they're going to do. I don't, we we withstood the blow of Springer, we withstood the blow of Correa. But I don't think you can let a Valdez and a Tucker or a Bregman walk without getting something in return for them. If you're not going to sign them, you might as well start planning for the future that way. That's the conundrum I think they're in. Well, we can't let you walk from the Lockdown Podcast Network. So we got to <laughs> we got to sign you. Where can they follow your show? Uh, look, man, go to Locked On Astros on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hey, we became the first ten thousand subscriber uh major league channel in locked on sports network so thank y'all so much that we we have great followers so we have amazing followers people from all walks of life come hang out with us and spotify apple google wherever you get your podcast hey we're free and easy to listen to we're not selling solar panels or life insurance what we have is free and we'd love for you to join us by the way speaking of youtube locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on youtube locked on sports is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On Plus International shows covering every single lead. 
go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, thank you for tuning in to Locked On Astros. I'm H. Chad Wilhouse. This has been another special edition of Locked On Astros. We hope that you are able to celebrate it with your family, give thanks, and be thankful for the things you have. And be in prayer for those who don't have much to be thankful for. Be a blessing in someone's life. And as always, Ostros, bury me in the H. Y'all have a good one. Gobble, gobble.